0: People need to realize that when people make these assumptions about a lot of these different communities, for example, like BLM or the, yeah. you know, cops, for example, a lot of the more negative and political talking points that are relating to both
1: communities
0: relate to more of the extreme side.
1: Dust at some point, because somebody's going to realize, oh, they're different. And kids, by the way, i taught I've taught uh, LGBT related stories to children. Kids don't judge at all. It's the adults that judge. I showed a story and they're just like, okay, this kid has two dads. Fine. Deal. Whatever. This kid that I had in the class had two moms. It just it is. And that's going to happen no matter what the laws say about it. You're going to have to address it one way or another. What are you going to say? Hey, kid, kid, you're not allowed to have two moms and this is a thing? Like, You can't take that away from that kid. When it
0: comes down to what is being taught in so school, I'm actually fine presenting the idea and the concept exists. But I do want to always scale back trying to reaffirm things that our kids are saying because they're kids and they don't know what they're saying in actuality welcome back to the purple political podcast i am your host riddell lewis brought in with my guest here uh let me make sure i say your name correctly shaley
1: shiley yeah shiley shiley
0: Uh, before I let her introduce yourself, I'm going to make sure I let everybody know. I know it's been a little hit and miss in terms of the last few weeks because of the holiday weekend, but we're going to be back with the reg- regular scheduled episodes every Monday, 7 a.m., so stay tuned for all those future discussions, of course. So today's episode is going to be very interesting as we are going to dive into the different perspectives and dynamics between both the religious community the lgbt community because there's a lot of things between those communities that it makes very interesting discourse and discussion of course so i'm gonna let my guest introduce herself and uh tell her what she's about
1: uh, amazing well thank you so 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 much for having me uh is the by the way i have to ask is the recording is on right right i don't see the record button i'm like where is it it's oh gorgeous. i record with
0: a uh, different uh, software huh, externally oh,
1: the youth because sometimes it happens and then it's happened to every podcast that something happens and it's like a tragedy so i'm glad to hear that yeah. so my name is shiley hakimian so my everyday life i'm your social media sherpa.com i help businesses be unforgettable on the internet but why am i here on this podcast where it regards politics uh, I spent a lot of my youth in activism uh from high school, college, especially working in the LGBT plus community and trying to make the world a little bit of a better place for especially for LGBT youth who don't always have the resources to get support. And what I really love about where you're going with this show is you're trying to bridge different political perspectives and help people learn from each other. And one of the things that I saw in the community that I worked in with like queer spaces, LGBT plus spaces, was that, and this can happen in other movements too, is that internally we would have arguments with each other. Oh, you said that thing wrong and you said this wrong. And like, there'd be so much division within our community. And I felt like it was tearing us apart when there's enough enemies trying to, you know, we talked about a little bit about marriage, talked about uh, people not being allowed to use the bathroom that they want to use, people not allowed to uh get their ids changed people not allowed to bring their partner into this country when they immigrate there's so many issues there and when where there's so much infighting i was like we're not going to be able to fight all of the injustices in the world that makes the world a better place for folks as they're coming out and i said something has to stop so uh, in college this is like more than a decade ago i started developing a workshop to help people have these difficult conversations uh on these subjects within our communities that when the outside world is like trying to tackle at least we know how to talk to each other and we know how to deal with voices that are different than ours and i know you and i might even have some different opinions so uh eventually it led to this workshop called friending our foes so becoming friends with people that maybe are different than us and the whole idea was to get people to debate each other on topics within our community so i put what bisexuality circumcision um marriage well, whatever, like there was like funny, juicy topics within our network community that I can get them to talk to each other about and like learn how to basically communicate in a way where we're listening to each other, even though our perspectives might be different, which is a little bit what I love about what you're going for with this show is that you're trying to kind of bridge these worlds with a different perspective you have and your guests have and so uh that opened up a lot of how i i kind of do conflict resolution in my world sometimes it's a business owner trying to deal with their marketing assistant and sometimes it's coming on a political show to talk about uh different different issues that might come up in the lgbt plus community and when it comes to religion so that's where we get me today uh where my heart and soul is in this movement but it's it's cool to to get away from my everyday job and, and to talk about some stuff that is really really important so thank you for having me
0: yeah, no problem, no problem. Thanks for being on, of course. Um, we'll get into the means potatoes of the discussion itself. I know you said you had like a story revolving around this general topic. Would you like to share that?
1: Ooh, uh, yeah, so here's another thing that I think was funny. So I want to say a few elections ago here in the U.S., uh there was a campaign from 7-eleven now 7-eleven right they're all over the country nice little convenience store they have those delicious slurpees right are you i don't know if you're a slurpee fan are you a slurpee fan it's
0: it's cool it's cool
1: i mean literally it's cold and cool but uh i love me some sugar and so one day i was like i want to get myself a slurpee and they had all these good deals on their app whatever and they had this display where you could choose what cup you wanted. And the cups were interesting. There was a red cup that was supposed to be like the Republican cup and the blue cup that was supposed to be like the democratic cup. And then there was the purple cup in the middle that was like, Hey, like uh, we're in the middle. We're just going to stay out of this conversation. Right. I'm looking at your face. Right. And so I was like, this is really interesting. I think I ended up taking the purple cup, even though I am more blue, but I was like, this is awkward for me to have this publicly. So I was like, okay, this is just how I feel. So I took the cup, I registered, checked out. And it turns out that across the entire country where there's 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven was tracking what cups people were purchasing with their Slurpees with. So you could look at any major city and see what ratio was blue, red, or purple. And so I was like, ooh, this is interesting. And I realized there was a trend going on, which makes total sense. But like it, to see with my own eyes, which is blowing my mind, like that so many cities and places, the majority was purple, Um, So even if it was a red state or more of a blue state, like purple was still overall a thing, which I think alluded to like the fact that people are scared to have conversations, because so much of the right and the left is like, let me jump on you if you get it wrong. Let me jump on you if you say this. Let me jump on you if you say that. And so to see the purple so blatantly embraced, made me think of like the, the name of your show. And I was like, yeah, this is like, why can't we like, like, why can't we give voice to the purple, but also like, you know, why are we choosing purple? What have we done in our society to make so many people choose purple? So that's a little taste of one of my favorite uh, favorite kind of fun things that popped up in my world.
0: Okay. that that doesn't, <laughs> I never even ever noticed that. To be fair, I don't really go on 7-Eleven too often. But if I was there, I probably would uh, get a purple cup as well, if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. I line right down the middle for the most Ooh. part, barring some uh, some exceptions, depending on the discussion point that's being discussed. Ooh. But... That does sound like an interesting story. Um, So in terms of the the topic that I want to discuss, um, I said this earlier before we started the episode that I was thinking about the two communities, you know, kind of framing my discussion in my head, of course, about what these two communities represent and there's a lot of different talking points on what they provide in the different layers of society and social media between you know all the stuff that's going on especially on twitter of course with the media with people complaining about disney or a religious show um and in just general discussion points in terms of like talking one another if you're religious or part of the lgbt plus community and i realized that very much though And this may be true to all p- very big organized communities and organizations that they are very much the two sides of the same coin in terms of what they are, what they provide and what they do. So I know you said you had some reactions to when I said that. So I would like to hear some of some of the things you got to say.
1: Well, let's shatter one thing that I'm hearing you say over and over again. You're like each of these communities as if they're separate. They are not necessarily separate. There's plenty of people who are LGBT and very religious. Right. So, uh, and there's plenty of religions, including, like, I'm Jewish. There's certain pockets of the Jewish community where not so great. And there's certain pockets of the Jewish community that are very inclusive. And for them, not being allowed to have same-sex marriage is actually offensive to the religion because they want to embrace everybody. And that goes against what they want. So assuming that all religion is 100% against people uh being who they are and finding a safe space in their religious community i want to shatter that first and foremost because they don't necessarily have to be separate
0: uh that's a good point and i think that's something <laughs> important to bring up because in general people need to realize that when people make these assumptions about a lot of these different communities for example like blm or the yeah. you know cops for example a lot of the more negative and political talking points that are relating to both communities relate to more of the extreme side so this is one of those examples where the the talking points is going to be going to be discussed over the more extreme traditional side for both sides and the ones that are represented the most throughout and they're the ones that are opinions about them are Ugh. outlier outlied the most to general people Like, when a general person hears, hey, you're religious, they're thinking of some religious dude who hates gay people. If you're a (laughs) general person saying, oh, LGBT+, they're thinking of some blue-haired girl who's non-binary. So, that's that's when, that's really what politics is, talking about a lot of the more extremer, where most, if we're being honest, most of these people (sighs) fall around the middle anyway. But, like you said, they don't like to speak up, so... That's just it's how it hard. is. It's hard.
1: Like, I want to empower the people in the middle, but, like, when you have so many loud voices, you don't realize that there's a middle, or people don't speak. Oh, gosh. Oh, it makes me so mad that the loud voices get everything, but the loud voices on both sides, on all sides of this, can be not 100% accurate. They don't capture the voices of people in between. So, oh, okay. It's juicy. Anyway, I'm into this. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's very tough. So one thing, the first thing I want to uh, kind of dive into is how do you feel in terms of like education? Because a lot of the the talking with education, for example, Florida passed the most recent well, bill. People call it, they don't say gay bill, but that's not what it's called in reality. But people just uh some people are complaining hey we don't want kids learning gender studies and some people saying we don't want religion taught in public schools Ugh. so again very similar things from both sides on what they want they don't want them teaching the other side's principles so how do you feel about feel about Ugh. this uh, i'd like to hear your perspective
1: so I'll tell you this, one of my favorite educational resources that I was obsessed with for like two years came out from an organization called GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Uh, I know you could add other letters to it. They might have changed how they come off on the Internet. But they had this guide and it was, I think it was called was it Ready, Set, Respect. There was a booklet that had lesson plans that talked about LGBT plus related topics to every single age group. Uh, in a way that made sense to them, right? And now for some of these people in Florida who hate anything inclusive, they're going to be like, ah, the panic. But take away any opinions about religion, race, all of that stuff. This topic is already happening in schools. Are you telling me that if a kid, and I've had this, I had a kid in the kindergarten I used to teach at who had two moms. That kid exists no matter what the law says. That person's family is probably going to be discussed at some point because somebody's going to realize, oh, they're different. And kids, by the way, I've taught I've taught uh, LGBT-related stories to children. Kids don't judge at all. It's the adults that judge. I showed a story, and they're just like, okay, this kid has two dads. Fine, deal, whatever. This kid that I had in the class had two moms. It just is. And that's going to happen no matter what the laws say about it. And you're going to have to address it one way or another. What are you going to say? Hey, kid, you're not allowed to have two moms as a, as a thing? Like, you can't take that away from that kid. And I think that's one of the most powerful, I think, Things that are not at all political, but just a reality of the situation that talking about it isn't going to change anything. It's going to mean that the kid has someone to talk to about all of this stuff, as opposed to hiding it from you and potentially being traumatized later. Uh, It's going to happen. Kids are going to come out like it's going to happen. So to pretend like you're going to hide these kids' families as part of this, it's like it's almost like just forget that it's possible to actually restrict this from happening in school. So that's one nugget that I want to share there.
0: Fair enough. Well, to be fair to the law, it's not—they're uh, not attacking every age group. I think it's kindergarten and the third grade. To be fair, in terms of like who they want to teach, but I will say this: that when it comes down to what is being taught in school, I'm actually fine with presenting the idea and the concept exists, but I do want to always scale back in trying to reaffirm things that our kids are saying because they are kids and they don't know what they're saying in actuality, but you can always accept that there might be truth to it, but not completely reinforce what they're saying as the truth, right? Uh, Not until they get experience, get perspective and grow up. Will they really learn who they are and what life is? So that's, that's where I really come from based on like Hmm. what should be taught in, in schools. Same thing with like religion. Um, I don't want someone just teaching their, hey, you are this, this is your religion, this is the truth and reality of society. You can teach the principle, this is what the religion is, not teach this is how you should be as a kid, right? So that's where I come from. Um, The concept, making them realize the concept is fine, especially because I've heard this perspective, which is very notable. People need to realize this too. Is that there's a lot more that goes on in schools that's not in the classroom.
1: Exactly. Kids talk,
0: kids talk, kids hear, kids listen, kids hear their parents, kids watch TV, kids watch TikTok, and kids have the internet. Kids are going to find out. I found out about porn at a very <laughs> young age, I'm extremely sure. young age, and obviously it took me a while for grow up to kind of realize, yeah, I'm straight. I'm I'm not I'm not that way, but kids are going to find this stuff out very soon and they're going to have questions mm-hmm. so i don't I, love I think sometimes parents are a little bit ignorant that i don't know why cuz they used to be kids too they're a little bit <laughs> ignorant about these uh situations um mm-hmm. uh, so these conversations actually even like with like puberty conversations need to be happening they need to realize these things but in terms That's- of ideologies that's completely for the parents to decide how they want their kids to grow up that's, how I, that's I think, what i believe
1: i think yeah the ideology but if you say that they have the right to choose their ideology do they have the right to dictate what's happening in the school and that's if it's public not necessarily but i will say the topic about sex ed i've lobb- i've been lobbying actually for safe schools for lgbt youth and i'm also for comprehensive sex education nationally so I've, they've flown me to dc to go do these things. So it's very much something I'm passionate about. And like you said, I'm going to echo what you said, is that kids are going to figure stuff out. They're going to Google things. They're going to find stuff. And either you're going to teach them about it in a way that's safe, relevant, educational, supportive, maybe with a professional teacher, or they're going to use the internet to decide. And the internet can be very helpful for learning things, but you know the sources are a whole wide range. You're going to find a lot of different stuff. So I think if anything, even if it's not teaching them everything and anything, Thing. it's creating a space where they can ask questions and have discussions that you know, i think kids having worked with a lot of kids like people will surprise you they'll say things that you never expected so i think that is really some of the magic of all this like you said the kids are going to figure stuff out and you not saying it you as in the, the per, proverbial you or whatever like if you don't say anything to them they're going to go somewhere else or they're going to hear about it from their friends um and i think that's that's where it gets messy what else are they going to say on this um, what was I going to say? You know, they, they oh, if you don't say anything about this subject, right, if you say zero, that also sends a very powerful message to a child who's not sure what to do, right? Um, I, I know this, this is something that I, even echoes for me as I'm a Middle Eastern woman. I'm a Middle Eastern Jewish woman, right? In Chicago, most uh, Jewish people here are from a European background. So they're like very, it's much more whiter than than how I was raised. And so to see like somebody who like looked like me who was a Middle Eastern Jew on a reality show even though it was kind of a weird reality show <laughs> like felt really validating for me to see somebody who kind of looked like me and acted like me and that felt so great and the reality is a lot of you know if you look back that wasn't as easy to do there wasn't as many of those icons to look up to and I think even when I was younger there weren't that many people that were like out and known and nowadays is a lot more and I think that's cool Um, But that always isn't the case. So to give people role models and say, hey, you're possible, or you can create impact, or even just acknowledging the people in our history are actually, there's plenty of people in the history that we teach our kids now that are LGBT something, something, maybe they didn't even have the term to use back then that are, but they won't acknowledge that in the books. But it gives people some historical context that gets left out. So it's already there in our history. It's just, it's being, it's just being hidden. And it's so upsetting to me. (laughs) So. Ugh. yeah anyway those are my thoughts <laughs> yeah
0: i respect it i definitely understand where you're coming from um and the, even though there might be like slight disagreement on like certain things here and there for between me and you on uh, how far they should <laughs> go I, I will say the general principle is there that one the parents need to be more i think this has been reinforced a couple of times that especially with the introduction of technology in society and how tiktok is really changing things in terms of um reinforcing certain things and showing certain things to them that they probably shouldn't be seeing at the age of being in kindergarten for example um that's when parents need to definitely step in more be ready to talk to their kids sooner rather than later and even if you were so touchy about the puberty stuff, the the gender studies, the religion stuff, they're going to ask about race too. They're going to be asking about, um, they're going to be asking about their uh, future, for example, or uh, if they're actually capable of sports. If they have a disability, they're going to ask why they're different from other kids. So. Regardless, the discussions need to be had with your kid, and there needs to be parenting involved in terms of if you really want them to stick to a certain type of belief and understanding, you have to be directly involved more so than not. So I think that's something that parents need to realize on both sides, regardless if you disagree with whatever is being taught. Um,
1: yep, yep, I but- agree with that.
0: My final my before we move on here, my do my question is referring to like the teachers. How how much how far do you think teachers should be involved in terms of uh teaching the these type of uh gender studies or religious studies to a kid versus the parent don't want them to teach? If the parent so I'm I know you were kind of hesitant on that mm-hmm. point, so I'm curious on your thoughts about that.
1: Oh, this is this is this is really messy because there's a lot of layers to this and as somebody who's studying education who chose not to go into the traditional education field in public schools, um, the teaching institution as a whole is is going down the toilet. By no fault of the teachers, but by the institutions trying to add this, add that, add layers, add this, and then they have contracts they have to fulfill with all these companies, at some point, teachers cannot be teachers and doing the things that they want to do. So saying, hey, you got to add in a queer positive curriculum, or you got to add in a Black History Month curriculum, or you have to add in disability awareness, like every one of those things is another layer for a teacher that is really, I mean, it's, it's messy on top of everything that their bosses and their schools are doing. Like teachers are quitting in droves. Uh, One of the things I used to do when I, before I quit TikTok because it's too addicting was listening to teachers who are all about teaching. And then I would see like a few weeks later, they're like, I actually just quit my job because I hated it, how they treated me so much, underpaying, expecting long hours. And now teachers are not going to work those long hours. If the institution's not going to treat them with respect, why work those extra hours? It's really just awful. So I can see that like, while that's all happening, Parents are thinking, hey, I have more control over the institution. I think there was like a meme that was like at one point in history, teachers were considered to be very respected people. And as time went on, that level of respect went down. And I'm sure, you know, teaching is a very feminine institution. It's a lot of women. And, you know, that makes sense. If you're gonna talk about gender here, women are in that field and they're getting pushed down left and right. So, uh, so parents saying, hey, we want to do things our way, it's like at some point, like, of course, your teacher is going to melt down and not be able to do all those things. So you have to really be strategic in what what happens. And I would say the best teachers I've had, and this can apply to every kind of diversity out there, making every student feel great. So whether it's that kid with two moms, whether it's me who had disabilities and who worked a little bit differently, right? Me being a little bit Middle Eastern, like being Middle Eastern, like I'm different. Like, how do you embrace, you know, I had a kid in my class who, that I was teaching and her, I never met like a student that was Jehovah's Witness. And so. You know, did I need to learn everything about Jehovah's Witnesses? No, I didn't, but when I did teach about a holiday in the Jewish community to this class without it being like a religious thing, um, when we had the celebration afterwards, she had to leave because they don't do celebrations, and I was just like, okay, it is what it is, and she still had a great time because she got to eat the cookies, so she got to do what she needed to do, and she was able to accommodate herself, right? When I was in college and I had to take off of certain test days because it was a Jewish holiday of the many Jewish holidays, if the teacher was understanding, I got to take it off and everything was okay. It's not fighting the difference is, but embracing that you don't have to know everything, but in like pulling it in, and I think that will solve so many different aspects of the diversity stuff. Like, I'll give you another example. There was a one of my student teaching jobs that I had was in Indiana. Was it wasn't in Indianapolis. I, don't know, I, I was in Bloomington. Bloomington, Indiana, is where I went to school. It's a very cool liberal town. But I kept going to like other neighborhoods where they're very different. So this school was in Martinsville, Indiana, which was where the KKK started in Indiana. So I was like, great, I'm Jewish. Should I tell people I'm Jewish? I don't know. I'm a little scared. Um, and you know, I'm racially kind of ambiguous. So I'm like, okay, I kind of look different, but they don't know what's going on. And so, um, that was something that was on my radar. I was like, I'm in this place, it's different, and uh, oh, what was I going to go with this? Oh, yeah, so this teacher, bless her. She by the way, she could have worked at a very fancy corporation that could have paid her a lot of money, and she's like, no, I want to be a teacher to make things better for kids. She chose negotiate with the other teachers and say give me all the kids with learning disabilities and different challenges i want all of them which usually teachers are like oh i don't want those kids because they're harder and i have to deal with them and she put them in her wide net of embracing them um, and really empowering them to keep going uh to the benefit potentially of the other teachers but like she got to see these kids grow in ways that they other teachers probably couldn't do so that's the kind of energy that I want to see happening and right now it seems like you know it's like the bad day at work I'm telling you what to do because I'm more important than you and I'm going to force you to do this thing and then other people being like you're wrong and it just makes a fight and it's like it's not about that it's about making sure every kid feels included but we're also enumerate enumerating, or whatever naming the kinds of differences that might happen in a way the kids can now have a conversation about it with someone in a trusting environment that's all that's what it has to be. Oh, and then there's a the religious part. I can jump into that too, but um, I got lots of stories.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I I mean, regardless, you hit it on the nail on the coffin that the teachers are definitely getting the brunt of the stick in this situation. The institutions I've said numerous times is very faulty and ineffective. Um, the even their portrayal, like when it comes down to you know certain things with teachers the the pedophile stick getting thrown at them the effect on you Ugh. see TikToks of certain teachers trying to indoctrinate kids does not help general portrayal of teachers so uh and then obviously underwork I mean overwork underpaid you definitely agree with that as well so teachers have a very tough job even though teaching kids and education should be one of the most important jobs in society mm-hmm. we don't treat it as such and that is definitely it's a exciting. problem. I 100% agree. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to move on to another layer, because I know you have a story in relation to this too, and that's media, and how media has really changed to really uh, grab the attention of both communities with, like you said, for example, Fox News is very much grabbing the attention of the extremely religious, red, conservative Republicans, and then there's other avenues where people say Disney is very much in tune with the LGBT plus liberal uh, Democrats, and people have argued both sides in terms of media, in terms of a, they are very much just uh, trying to adhere to this side and don't doesn't uh, like be very toxic to the other side for and uh, in, in general. So I would like to hear your opinions on on Oof. that because I know you had a story in relation to it.
1: Well, Disney can't afford to not protect its LGBT plus employees and and all the people that consume their content, right? It would be it needs to stay, you know, a welcoming, inclusive like media source. Uh or at least it's gotten a lot better at it. Uh so funny thing, I was in Orlando like a month ago and I was hanging out with people who are very much like the right wing, super Christian. I think these people had, like, DeSantis on speed dial, which made me feel a little eerie because I'm like, oh, I don't want any of this happening. And they said something really funny about, like, there's some sort of tax game here. But also, like, Orlando is a very different city than Miami, right? Like, the amount of openness. In, and then you go to the rural Florida, the amount of openness is very different. So you have this, like, city versus rural, like, conflict. <sighs> um, It's messy because there's, there's money attached to this that I think is causing... I think there's maybe even a cover-up using this as a cover-up for other negotiations that are happening in Florida. Now I don't know all the details of this case. I don't want to speak as if I do, but there's just like so many layers of, of BS. And I just, I think what's happening in Florida cannot continue. It is just, at least here in Chicago where we're in like a very liberal city, like it just, it sounds atrocious. If you're a kid that comes out in that state, like that's like, that's traumatic like it just it just seems heartbreak there's a lot of heartbreak from what i've seen going on in florida and i'm just like how is this the country we live in like how is this okay and i'm just like is this a joke and the fact that things are working there i'm like how is this allowed i it's just anyway i have a lot of thoughts but this is what i know from like the little bits i've seen online
0: okay well i definitely think there are at the end of the day with all the progression america has has gone through there needs to be, I think people will need to realize that the country is still not perfect. There are going oh, to be, yeah, there's still going to be a lot of problems here and there. Um, especially considering it's a union of 50 states with a lot of, all with each state having their own different culture and ideology for the most oh, part.
1: It's so messy.
0: I.E. Florida, oh. Texas. Um. So that, that's. You're never go, especially when you go to different states, you're never going to find something that's perfectly adherent to what you're used to in the state that you're generally uh, from, for example. So, I, I don't know exactly what you're referring to in terms of Florida, um, but I can imagine, considering you're referring to uh, Christians, right-wingers, and people coming out, man, it's like tough yeah. in terms of the the toxic lance uh the toxic spear that could arise from that particular situation um, yes i will I,
1: say oh go for so it
0: oh well i was gonna say this that the it's it's definitely something in that situation it's very bad for the people who are growing up in that situation and it's equally as bad if you're in a situation for example i went to a private liberal arts college and mm. I was I was very much in the middle I, back in college. I probably was middle leaning, probably generally more left because I was younger. Um, didn't really understand politics as much, even though. Um, so I was getting into it. I was black. So I'm kind of when you're black and you're growing up, you're automatically kind of Democrat. Um, yeah, that's this is of I'm they, interested
1: in the story. Go. I'm like so curious. OK, yeah. <laughs> so this is
0: not anything that happened to me in particular, but I would roam around meet different people, I would have very neutral political points for the most part. So I could kind of talk with everybody there. But it's a liberal arts college, so mostly everybody's liberal, mostly everybody's blue, Democrat, a lot of LGBT plus people inside the community as well. And I had one friend, one friend in particular, that was outwardly red. He was a Republican. He was conservative. He was a Trump supporter. So in that college, when I became friends with him, um, I would notice how Everybody would treat him very differently, like outwardly, very toxic to him. He was, he was like the outcast, and in general, he was not a bad guy because I was friends with him. How that I was like, people, I was friends with him. He wasn't racist, he was one of the nicest guys. He's from Minnesota, like, he was generally kind, soul, and everything. Um, but because he's a Trump supporter, because he's conservative. People just generally didn't like them, considered them racist, all that stuff, right? Yeah, so that's that. when these communities that are in America very much is like intertwined with the Christianity values. So obviously that's going to be more so in, um, compared to other communities. But in the rise of this current generation, the LGBT plus community in the And the progressive lefts are definitely growing in terms of influence because I would say they dominate social media and their influence on the younger generation is much more powerful Mm. today compared to uh, the conservative red. So I think they're going to grow more power. I won't say they will outshine Christianity, but their influence will continue to grow. So in that sense, you know, if you are, I think the problem here is the christians trying outcasting based on their beliefs of people who are gay or lgbt plus and then the lgbt plus community outcasting anybody who's red and conservative there is that toxic divide in both sides regardless if where where you lie so my question to you is how do you kind of alleviate that 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 conflict for the most part how do you kind of fix a situation and you can come at it in whatever perspective you want to uh.
1: Well, my workshop friending our foes uh, gets people in the room and having these discussions and learning from each other. Cause usually it, it's like people's beliefs are very different than what the media says. Like, I know that what's on Fox news isn't exactly what, you know, my dad doesn't necessarily believe everything on Fox news, but my dad unfortunately really, really likes Fox news and it makes me nauseous, but whatever it happens, no judgment. Well, uh, ju- okay. Slight judgment, but I, I know exactly the people you're talking about. Many of my friends, uh, would probably feel very uncomfortable knowing that somebody in their network was a Trump supporter or at least outwardly. So I've seen my some of my friends or acquaintances that are little, they're like, more conservative and we're in like a very liberal Jewish bubble here um like they don't talk about it and they stay quiet about it but then there's other pockets where those people can really talk and and embrace that stuff but there's also parts of me that I've hidden in certain communities that I don't want people to know about certain politics of mine when I go into queer spaces there are certain things about myself that I just hide and I know not every identity could ever could be hidden but that's what I do to kind of play the game because different spaces have different thoughts about stuff um I will want to say there is a very big Christian queer community of people. So they do exist. I think they have a huge uh, bridge that they can, I think I want to acknowledge the bridges of these dialogues because those people probably grew up with all the people that have weird views and they get them, but they also get what queer movements are trying to go for. And they're the best translators to bridge the gaps between those two worlds um, when given the platform. But I think when we see things like, oh, if they're separate and they're different, like the way you've been saying, like that doesn't, that doesn't help move the conversation, which is really tricky. So the more people are open about who they are, I think there's, there's a story to be told there. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this another, perspective. like my dad, right? He's a Fox News guy and my boyfriend is a progressive and my boyfriend doesn't interact with anybody that is like really a Fox News thing and neither does his family. His family in, in Lexington, Kentucky, they had a beautiful framed, massive picture of Obama and they their, their uh, kitchen and I thought this is the cutest thing ever like I love this but if I go to my dad's house or I talk to my mom at her house like my mom has gotten more Trumpy over the years too and I'm like I am not into that and it's just very awkward so to go into his family I'm like this is great but then for him to come into my family knowing that my dad likes to like watch your, watch Fox News while eating dinner and they say things that are horribly racist or horribly offensive or homophobic or whatever like it's awkward uh, but I will say the other thing you said about social media, I think is interesting, is, you know, people, maybe there's queer communities that are on social media, but that's because it's easier to find people who are like you online when you don't necessarily know who's out in your local community. I think that's one of the first resources that people can look up to try to find people who are like them or to try and, to find help. Uh, more than 10 years ago, I think now, I used to be paid by a group called Amplify Your Voice. They had a program called Youth Resource where they picked nine of us to be LGBT, like resources for LGBT youth as they were coming out. So they could email any of us and ask us questions about like, how do I navigate this? How do I navigate that? How do I, how do I come out? Or what should I do with my teacher who's giving me problems? And we would respond as peers, as people who weren't that far in age from them so that they could have a, a mature trained adult Uh, come in and help them. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's probably why these communities are flourishing online is that people are finding pockets of support for people who are more like them, right? There's a community on Facebook that is um, queer deaf people and allies, right? Like, you're probably not going to find that many queer deaf people in your local community because that's a really specific group. But online, you can find people who are just like you who can relate in the same way, right? uh so that's something that I think is really a blessing of social media even for me as a kid that was like bullied and teased, and didn't really have a lot of friends I found my online communities that made me feel welcomed and supported so I think there's a blessing in the internet to to mobilize these networks because people can now be seen from people in other places because that's just different than what they grew up around and I think that's there's a beauty to that
0: (laughs) yeah I definitely respect and um even though I adhere I elicit what the negatives are in reference to social media i will always say in in the large scope of things social media is a positive um but i have two questions before we yeah. start wrapping things up first questions uh you know a little a little spicy if you don't let's go answer, with the
1: spice
0: it's up to you but what do you say to the people who who question or this is how i'll frame it there's some thought <laughs> in reference to the LGBT plus community online specifically. And like you said, they're, they're a community that really accept the people who are kind of like outcasts. They um, don't really have a lot of like friends and they are looking for communities to belong to. Do you think the LGBT plus community could be uh, inviting people into the community that are not LGBT plus and then converting them into LGBT plus? Oh, I mean, it's think not that's really... A...
1: Verding, okay but well, yeah
0: if someone is not lgbt plus they're not gay lesbian or anything then they join and then become gay or lesbian uh oh, that's, what, what, that's what that's what, what I, I, I'm, I'm not saying recruiting i'm saying so this i <laughs> this want to i want to make me. sure You're right <laughs> i want to make sure that my words are very very clear an outright recruiting process has a deliberate intention to turn to bring someone in for a specific purpose when reference to what is going on in this situation in terms of the question and the framing of the question is the question of these people joining a community they're around people that are a certain way and they adopt they uh adhere their persona, their personality this happens all the time if you watch someone over and over again, so they're around the community, and then they eventually go like, "Okay, I'm around this community so much." they unconsciously become those type of people. So that is more like what the question is do you think that is a phenomenon that's going on because the reason why I ask this question is that you may get an opposing force that brings up the aspect of and you can even bring this up for religion because it goes both ways but I want to start here and then the perspective can shift you get an out the opposing force or someone on the other side could ask I don't want my kid joining that community because they're going to become like them. And like I said, it's not deliberate. I don't think it's intentional, but it will. Ha- it can happen, especially if you're not around anybody else but this community. Do you think that the phenomenon that can happen or does happen, especially well, I mean, moving forward with social media?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll give you this. Like, I have a friend who we were in the GSA together. The Gay Straight Alliance is what we used to call it. Uh, back in high school and you know we have friends with a lot of different people a lot of different backgrounds and he's out and proud as a gay man here in Chicago and you know there's a lot of different cultures that like communities of gay men there's a lot of different like social rules and ways of dressing and ways of appearing is that whether you embrace that you're curvy or you try to be super beautiful and extra skinny and you get Botox and like his current group of friends, which is, you know, a lot of different backgrounds, different races, but they're all gay men, just like fully embracing who they are in like an over-the-top kind of way. In a way that it, it's different than I've seen him. So I'm like, like I, I didn't see that many Of all his friends at his birthday party, most of them were, all of his new friends were all men. And his friends from high school, there was a lot more women involved. So I'm like, I'm seeing him kind of change in the different communities he he joins. But that can be very different to, like, some years I'll do more stuff with more religious Jewish communities. And some years I'm like, I don't want to be around religious stuff. I just want to get drunk with a bunch of Jews. So, like... There's different things that we all take on at different times of our lives. And there's different queer communities that I've been um, supportive of from working with LGBT seniors who oftentimes don't have children to care for them as they're getting older, who have to hide uh, their LGBT plus identity in the nursing home because a nursing home is homophobic. You know, you have to go back into the closet. And, or they won't take a couple because they're same sex to go to a nursing home. There's all these other things that happen. So there's, there's so many different communities you can join at any different time for any different thing. So that's one part of it. The other part of it, I will say is that like, I am someone who, you know, I think when I, when I started doing work in the LGBT plus community, I thought, okay, I like guys. Cool. Check. Maybe that's called straight. And I think one of the best parts about becoming someone, some people say ally or like being involved and just being a part of this movement And I think is one of the best blessings is that you realize how many different, like what the world of possibilities are for who you could become and what you can experiment with and explore. And I think that's one of the best things ever is that when I, I think that, you know, sexuality isn't black and white. It's, it's, it's not binary. There's a lot of different ways to go. And so as I got more into the movement, I realized, hey, if the guy that I'm dating happens to be uh, trans, Fine, like there, that's fine. Like, I might be into that. Like, I don't think I've, I don't think I've dated anybody like that, but I've had friends who I've flirted with who are in the demographic, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, my sexual orientation is not limited to straight and gay. and Kinsey, if you look up the Kinsey scale, right, he says that you can't be 100% gay or 100% straight. Everyone's somewhere in the middle, and I think that's one of the blessings that maybe that's about what you're talking about here with like, can people be recruited or whatever? Like, people can also realize that there's more in the world than what we've been taught is like one way or the other. And I think that's really where the blessing comes in. I,
0: I will say that um sexuality is not simple by any means. No. Like you could definitely, uh, based on how you grow up, your attraction can lie a certain way. We all know this, of course. Um, there's certain biological functions that the general norm will have, but based on how people are condition they definitely can lean in different circumstances um and another reason why this question is important is because of it like the the documentary by matt walsh that came out uh, what is a woman one of the examples of those individuals in that was a person who was trans and reverted back to trans and their story was the fact that they were like I said, outcasted, they joined the LGBT community and it made them, for some reason, they started to believe they're trans. And then years later, they realized I'm not actually I trans like and I, I reverted back. So okay. I'm not saying
1: that's totally okay. You know, well,
0: I will say it's, it's I wouldn't it. say okay because those things biologically can be very damaging, but I will say that mistakes mm-hmm. can happen. And I will say that it's not the community's fault in terms of what this, this person's decision was in general. I think there no, you yeah. you got to be uh because at the end of the day those procedures can be very damaging to your body if we're being completely oh. honest.
1: Well, if somebody's done that, that I mean that procedure bit is where it gets crazier but in more Yeah, the
0: the person of the full procedure. That's
1: what uh, I was well, to. that's on them and whoever they're working with with their team and their psychiatrist and all that kind of stuff. But people evolve, right? There's there's different ways I mean, there's a term non-binary that someday maybe you're dressing more feminine. Someday you might be more masculine. some days you might be more androgynous. Like, that's all okay. Uh, and I, I've known people who have transitioned and untransitioned and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what was I going to say on this? Uh, no, that's fine. Oh, my point, I was going to say something. Look at that. My train of thought is running out. On the no, day. No you said worries. something about um, you're worried about that. I mean, it's okay to transition. It's okay to untransition. Well, I'm um, saying oh, I'll, I'll give people you well.
0: who are yeah. who are concerned, especially those uh, those ones who are big fans of that Matt Walsh film, and try to take that as courtesy of a. Hey, I don't want my kid to turn out that way. So you you always have to. The reason why I brought this up is you're going to encounter these people, and you have to have the conversational talking point of. This this is not like a satanist cult that's trying to recruit your kid. No,
1: I mean there's so, cults exist though. Cults exist in yeah, general for uh, anything. For sure. More usually with religion, more than it is anything else. But um, yeah,
0: religion has a this? problem with that too in terms of their recruiting. Uh, and uh, even yeah, Jews, if we it's don't
1: it's not which is fun. <laughs> so I don't even. Super I don't even Christian know so for the Christianity. So it's, it's uh, definitely
0: thought. there's definitely definitely things on both sides that's to be concerned about but you need to be yeah. aware they exist but go ahead
1: here's what i'll say i think this is this kind of goes along with the point of like you know a kid in a classroom can have two moms like that is something that will happen in a classroom no matter right. what politics no matter what the rules are in teaching what in school and the same way uh there's gonna be people and, and i've i've got the pleasure of interviewing and, and becoming friends with people who are intersex who are people that the way that they were born, their chromosomes were not distinctly female or male, and they could reflect on genitalia, and it could reflect on hormones, and it could affect appearance and puberty and all that kind of stuff. Like, it can affect them, and there's a whole range, right? Just like we said, sexuality and gender can have a whole range. Like, how you're born can also be beyond male or female, and those people exist in numbers that most people don't even realize and you might have met somebody who's intersex but they probably never told you that they're intersex some people they they might not say it and it's and it's very much i feel like a cousin to people coming out as trans is that maybe it's not as biological or as obvious but like the whole spectrum exists no matter what you believe about queer people or not people are born like there's literally it's like there's no like way to fight it people are born Ambiguously, sometimes. Like, that is a real thing. So, just like that exists, so can people where that might be more in the mind and not necessarily in the biology. Like the whole range exists, and I think to cast people off as like, oh, you got recruited to be trained. Like people are born like anywhere on this spectrum from mo- from super physical to like super mental to super somewhere in between. So uh, there's some really great speakers who speaks about who speak about intersex issues, and I think that's something that that is a whole movement that needs to kind of be more visible in a way that isn't exploitative.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. A lot of different communities and in, in subsections that have their own concerns and, and discussion points that should be brought out. And it eventually, eventually it will come out through this podcast as well. And I do <laughs> think there's some, there's some overlap. I, I do agree to that, of course. Um, it's real. Point, it's
1: as real as it gets. So,
0: Intersex people are definitely real. I, I will say that there's, <laughs> yeah. a, the, there's, there's only a small percentage of people who are actually intersex. But I will say that they have a lot of strife that they definitely go through. That nobody talks about, obviously. Nobody talks about. No, um, they
1: don't. And that's a voice, right? There's a lot of allegiances between that community and trans communities and queer communities. Not always as included as as I would love to see, but that's where it's like, it, it's like, this is where I think one of the other big things is like, how wide do you cast your net, right? Like, what communities do you pull in? And then when you're pulling people in, do you exclude certain communities? And I think that goes back to what I said about teaching. Is that how do you make it so that, whoever's in your classroom or whoever's in your movement their voice is kind of heard but also the focus stays on whatever it is you're fighting for and i mean i'm even thinking of like blm like there's plenty of movements that try to co-op blm and there's plenty of movements that are trying to push into blm and there's it's hard to keep like what's what's the clear voice that needs to stay but how do you include your allies but how do you make sure your vision is still on the right path it it's it gets really really messy and i think for this too it's like you have all these different community voices, right? The, the gay world didn't always include the lesbian world, right? And the gay and the lesbian world didn't always include the trans world, right? And so how do you create a net that lets people in, but also keeps the movement going? And there's a lot of different opinions there. So this is where it gets messy. But uh, if we can embrace people for telling their stories about all the variety in between, I think that would shatter some norms. If you get a, A person who came out as trans who grew up as a religious christian who's still a christian they probably have a really great ability to change the hearts and minds of people that we're talking about on this show and i think that's where the beauty lies and that's what's great about the internet too
0: yeah i definitely think expression is very valuable um discourse is also very valuable because the the vision can be transformed narrowed and properly assessed only when it's challenged you can't you can't have people reinforcing a vision because it's if that is the only thing that's happening then it could go in the wrong path we've seen that time yep. and time again so all right last thing i'll say before we wrap things up <laughs> is in terms yeah. of morality this is a, this is going to be interesting um, mm. i would it'd be interesting to hear your opinion the the sense of who is right and wrong is very much a a, a benchmark mm. on on both communities Whereas people in the religion, religious community, uh, think that, hey, if I'm doing it for God, I'm in the right, I'm doing good. Whereas people, I believe, in the LGBT plus community are doing it for self-expression and self-identity because they're doing that in individual, individualism. Merge. I know they can merge, but when, they can
1: merge
0: <laughs> when that is going on and they both communities believe they're doing good and... Anything that is against their their central core, uh, they believe is bad. How, how do you convince either side that uh, the other side is not bad slash evil?
1: It's the purple people. It's all about the purple people. Uh, I think the purple people, if they have enough trust to talk to each other, well, they're um, not they're necessarily
0: chill. good either, because if they don't believe in your core, like God, or do you believe in self-identity, then they won't be included in this good either.
1: But they they have a place in which they can communicate with both worlds without feeling, right? If someone's telling you we don't want you to have rights anymore, like they don't like, there's a lot of pain there for that discussion to happen. If someone's saying, "Hey, your life is not valid." they're not going to want to talk to someone who's trying to like picket fence at their funeral of like a queer soldier that died in a war. Like, you're not going to want to do that. There's no room for that discussion to happen because they don't see eye to eye, but the middle has room to ask questions without getting judged or jumped on by people that they know on both sides. And I think that's where, like, I remember like my first friend in college, my, she lived like very next door to me. And I remember she didn't know anything about LGBT anything and I was the first person to try to, like, talk to her about stuff, to educate her on stuff. And we see this stuff, too, with, like, um, you know, people who are allies of race and talking about racial challenges in this country, learning to be allies or doing the work and the labor. So to take it off of, uh, you know, tired black voices, like there's people like that who are creating allegiances, to try to take off some of that labor. And so to do that for my friend um, you know, opened up her eyes. And I think her daughter, I don't know what how if her daughter is old enough to know how she identifies, but her daughter like is kind of a rebel and dresses kind of androgynously. And I'm like, you know, I wonder if I didn't have those conversations, would her daughter be as liberated as she is? Um, because her mom is cool and with it and a teacher and uh opens up that beautiful net. And uh and I think that's really a beautiful place is that I wasn't trying to be like I tend to have more friends in different political things than most of my peers. And I'm not scared to kind of try to touch on it a little bit because I like those. If I don't have those allegiances, like nothing can happen. Nothing can change. Nothing can get better. If I'm only in my bubble, I can't do anything. But if I get to come on, and I've done a few shows on uh, podcasts where people have like really interesting different perspectives, like if I don't have these conversations, who else is going to come in and be a voice for something that maybe you don't get to interact with on a daily basis, which is the impression I'm getting here, right? Right. Um, and I think people like you and me who are willing to have these discussions, like that's where the magic happens, or um newsletter that I saw that helps you break down like, here's what the right is saying about this topic. Here's what the left is saying. I think it's called the flip side, right? Like those people are trying to make room for that. Um, there's another organization that gets Democrats and Republicans to talk to each other in events. And I'm like, that's really cool. And I think some of those people are more on the purple purple end or like the farther end of the purples trying to make things better. And I think that's creating an energy where we can have those conversations and not want to kill each other. Like there's a beautiful thing there. If we have the mental and emotional capacity to do so.
0: Well, beyond the bridge gap, I do think the people in the middle are very valuable, but like we've spoke about earlier, a lot of them won't speak up because one, they don't care and they don't want to be involved or two, they're afraid to get ostracized by either side. So
1: yeah, you don't talk There's the
0: there's <laughs> there's a third person that's like me for example that will speak up. But I think yeah. most people are okay. one or two. I think most people are one or two. So my 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 thing is wouldn't it be better if you just told the other side even though like if you're talking to a religious person even they, if they don't believe in God, that doesn't make them evil, doesn't make them a bad person. Or if you go to someone in the LGBT plus community, even though they don't believe that there's more than two genders, that doesn't make them an evil bad person. Wouldn't it be better for them to stop stigmatizing based on ideology? Because even though ideology, ideologies can be different in terms of the principles behind it, you, don't, you can be... Uh, kosher with the other individual not demonize (laughs) not demonize the other individual so wouldn't that be a good starting ground for either side and um
1: respect yes absolutely (laughs) like if that's what you're talking about like respect and saying hey i don't need to understand everything i don't need to agree with everything you say um but i like wanna i'm open to being your friend and hanging out with you like whatever like
0: Hey, you don't have to be their friend, but at least respect them as a person. I, I would them, say sure. that, yeah, because I, th-
1: I mean that's what I think I'm hearing here, right?
0: Yeah for for uh for the most part, respect is a is a strong point because when because we brought it up earlier with my friend with the Trump supporter, I even mentioned yeah. his name He's like, oh, he's racist. Like that is not. The first thing, is because he supports Trump doesn't mean he gets racist automatically. That's a bad route to go on. You're automatically demonizing. And that type of framework will frame every type of person if they disagree with your ideology. So that's a bad Double. way of thinking. Same with the religious yeah. person. Hey, my friend has blue hair. Ah, oh, they're one of those. Th- that's not how you should be thinking about this.
1: Judgment. Like- yeah,
0: so either side, the moment they fit a certain framework or deviate from their core values. They're the worst type of person on planet earth. So respect is a very big thing and just not coming into that over judgment. It's huge as well.
1: It's huge. I'm still going to like, I'm going to echo some voices that aren't on this call right now and say, Hey, yes, I love that. I think I want more people to do it. I think there's plenty of people with that capacity. But I also know there's plenty of people that are out of emotional labor and can't do that work and it isn't their job to fix people. So that's another dynamic that is part of all of this is that, you know, sometimes you have to employ people to teach you how to be different. Sometimes you need to get somebody who does a, a uh, a workshop to make your company better um but sometimes it's just knowing someone and being in relationship with them whether it's friend or not friend i think that's beautiful but also not everyone's in it for the work but i think the people like you and i who are are gonna make the world a little bit better and we're gonna take on that work because that might be part of our our life mission whatever that may be
0: yeah i mean i i hear i definitely understand that because you know, for the most part, I'm I'm always – I'm not the biggest people person. I can have oh, a conversation. I'm I a
1: podcast. Not, <laughs> I, am, I do
0: have a podcast, but I'm not the biggest people person based on – because of my general personality. I can have a discourse with a lot of different people, but there are certain layers like, eh, whatever. But – so I definitely understand that. But there will always need to be the realization, and one of the biggest problems with people in general – Is that stigma, stigma, stigmatization and demonization of the opposite group? It's shifting more and more so. And that just because you're tired doesn't make that doesn't make anything better. The two sides are getting further and further apart, they're hating each other more and more, and it's becoming more and more toxic. So, that's I'm you can be tired all you want, but if it gets worse, it's not going to get better. That's, that's no. the only thing I'll say about that.
1: Well, allies, allies for whatever movement need some help. Like, we they, they can always use more. The other th- thing I'll say, and this is one of the most beautiful things that I, I did. I used to do these panels where they had people of different sexual orientations just, like, sit in front of, like, a lecture hall with, like, dozens, if not hundreds of students. And people just asked you questions about your sexual orientation. And, and they had different ages, backgrounds identities whatever and so one of the guys that was there was an older gay man probably in his 50s or 60s and i'll never forget what he said because he wants to do the work that you and i are doing of making the world a little bit better getting to know different perspectives and all that stuff and he said you know it's not about taking the trump supporter and making them show up to a pride parade that is very very difficult but if you can get maybe the the southern christian that likes to go to church every week who doesn't really Uh, feel any connection to queer people and they make a new friend at the gym who is their aerobics teacher or something it's like a stereotype but like you know that's you know that person is like oh wait here's this cool person that I know from my aerobics class that's a lesbian like okay now I'm feeling a little less hate like are they gonna show up to a private no but like their amount of ignorance you know, changes. Right. And they move from one step to another. Right. Somebody might be like, Oh, you know, like, I don't know if I support marriage, but like, you know, come work at our office. Like, that's not great. But like, you know, one day eventually, you know, things might get better and like you can move somebody to like a little bit more inclusive than where they were. Um, And I think that's that. Plus another thing, this guy, Reverend, uh, Reverend Washington, uh, Reverend Jamie Washington. He's a super cool guy um you know he does a lot of work in racial justice and he also is out as a gay man and I think he's also HIV positive and I think he talks about it I believe is what he said and he's like just a fire guy and he said uh you know you have to leave the world better than when you found it and I was like hmm.
0: powerful message Very yeah much agree. so yeah I Hey, a lot of this is a slow and steady approach. There's no fast answers, mm-hmm. no fat quick fixes. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say that was the last question, but short answer, last question. Sure. What, what would you, in, if in the future, uh, in terms of society, would you be more okay with no ideologies whatsoever, what everybody respected people as people, versus how society is with, with the ideologies right now? Do you think ideologies and adhering to these ideologies is more, Ugh. Is, a, is problematic?
1: Oh, I hear my I'm hearing my, like the queer friends who have gotten really into astrology. And I feel like as a pseudo religion and I'm hearing that exists and I'm hearing my atheist friends saying, hey, there's morality without religion. I'm hearing all of those things. I'm also hearing my Jewish mother being like, hey, I sent you a Jewish school. You better give a shiz about your religious background or whatever um you know i hear people like you know there's you know i i'm dating as someone who went to catholic school sunday school and absolutely hated it this is one and it's not gonna be a short you've asked me a tough question i will say this i think for me and my own story i grew up going to a jewish day school everybody i knew was jewish i was in a jewish bubble and i think while i was there i was like i'm getting so much jewish because it was like half the day was like hebrew and like biblical things and all this stuff and I hated all the biblical stuff it was like real hard um and the school was like really high level of academia too so having a disability like made that really really hard and um I was tired of it I was like I'm over this and I went to public school afterwards and it was fine but what I do like about the fact that I was forced to kind of do all this education is that now I have you know, most Jewish, somebody who does anything, like some people just go to Hebrew school for two hours a week for like a few years. Like that doesn't give them what I got. I got so much, like almost too much Jewish education. But what I have now is a full perspective on something. I know basically what the whole thing is. I can choose to accept it or I can choose to reject it, but at least I know what it is. And I realize that like, you know, I'm not the most like god person like i don't know i have an awkward relationship with like the god concept like i'm not necessarily an atheist but like i'm like but for me my jewish world is jewish community is it's finding jews and hosting them for a friday night dinner and welcoming them into my house or whatever and i think that to me is how i connect but because i know what i got i don't want to reject it because i realize i got so many other perks from having this in my life um and i think that's what people do if they've seen christianity and they're like i don't want that they don't have to do it um, but I also do like that there's structure in it. Do I get everything that there is in the Jewish world? Do I agree with everything? No, but I think on the whole, I'll take it because it's not bad. And it gave me a system to live my life. It's not bad. Having dinner with my friends every Friday night is a great system that I think Judaism built into my life. Like I'm texting my friends right now about where we're going to eat for dinner tonight so we can spend time together. Yeah, it's kind of a religious thing, but none of us are doing it in like a super religious way. So I'm grateful for my ideology or whatever. And I'm going to that, but I know other people can't
0: so i don't necessarily like overlap ideology and culture because like i think culture is a lifestyle a way of living versus ideology is a framework of thinking so by that standard like if you have a way of living and i think that's just your culture for the and jewish community is a culture being jewish is a culture so i don't necessarily overlap them but i will say like (laughs) being the religious part of Judaism is ideology. The, there's like Judea, Judaism, Judaism is very interesting. There's like a culture, Jewish and then religious ethnicity, Jewish. race. Yeah. Religion, it's like a lot of community. different things.
1: It's a but, lot. It is. I love that you already know that because most people don't realize that.
0: Yeah. But in terms of ideology, if you just eliminate every single one, what, I, what are we really losing in terms of society? I think there's a lot more to mm. gain without overarching societal ideologies that encompass a large group of people, I don't think there's a lot of value in it inherently. If we really think about it, I mean, if you take away all that and then focus on the credentials and the the details and the circumstances more so than the overarching ideology that is perpetuating whatever is going on, I think that's probably more productive. So if a society in the future hmm. becomes more focused less on ideology and more on systems. You could still have culture.
1: If we have the systems.
0: We we for, would still have the systems. You could still have, if you do have an election system, it would be both on who's the most um, best for the job. You'll still have that democratic system. It's just hmm. like it won't be attached to Republican or Democrat. Now, would oh, it work? Hmm. I don't know if it would work. I
1: don't. That's it's it. Cool. I don't know if it would work, but I'll take what I got. <laughs>
0: Like, a little, a little yeah happens. it's a little idealistic but something to think about at the very least something to think about
1: it's good uh, you have me a lot to think about today thanks for having me on this adventure yeah
0: no problem <laughs> i thought it was a great uh great discussion a uh, lot Same. of uh interesting perspectives of course any final words before we wrap it up anything that you want to plug
1: Ooh, uh, threatening our is my secret passion project that I've been doing for more than 10 years that will help you and your network facilitate the difficult conversations within it while also learning how to have better communication skills to have more conversations like you and I have had today, uh, on the business end, this is a very different, uh, side note. I do love social media. Uh, I'm your social media, sherpa.com where I help people be unforgettable on the internet and whether that's a passion project your business your non i help you share what your people need to know uh so that you can be unforgettable online uh so i'll see you on the internet linkedin facebook whatever instagram i'm on all the things twitter twitter rest in peace kind of twitter but maybe not tbd so thank you i'll see you on the web your social media dot com i
0: think twitter will be fine elon musk just shut he just stopped and needs to talk about politics and it'll be fine he just it'll be all right it's okay um Wait. but yeah hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the podcast like i said we'll be back with regular scheduled content on the youtube channel i plan to do more content depending on how busy i am in the next few weeks but we'll see um, so with that said you'll have a good one take care and peace